Hi, my name is Jason Palacio and I'm the editorial director of the Gospel Coalition Africa. And you're joining us this afternoon on Crux Encounters. On the line today, I've got three brothers from South Africa who are all involved in local church work and in biblical counseling work. We've got Kyle Johnston from Jubilee Community Church, Sean Savides uh, from Christ Church Somerset West, and Nkululeko Kanile uh, from Christ Central Soweto. Uh, brothers, welcome. It's great to have you on our podcast today. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, brother. Uh, we're talking, uh, we're in the middle of lockdown. We're uh, day 25. Uh, the lockdown in South Africa has been extended. Uh, lockdowns across Africa are in different stages. Some people getting ready to come out of them, some people going into them, some people dealing with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, certainly in South Africa, we thought we were in it for three weeks and then it got extended by another two weeks. And so on our call this afternoon, what we're talking about is the issue of disappointment. How do we as Christians whose lives are informed and transformed by the gospel deal with disappointment? And not just the disappointment of being held in lockdown for a longer period of time, but all the disappointment that's going to come afterwards, uh, the disappointment of um, the economy being stifled, jobs being lost, the disappointment of um, holidays. Uh, I had some matrics on the phone call yesterday uh, for church and they were telling me about how they're gonna miss out on their matric dance, they're missing out on all this time as matrix at the end of the year. So people across the age range are suffering with disappointment, through disappointments. Uh, how does the gospel, how does biblical counseling help and inform us? Uh, how can we find encouragements from the Bible in the midst of all this disappointment while still working our way through these emotions of disappointment? I thought it might be helpful just to begin the call by uh, asking the question, what is disappointment? It's helpful to define uh, what it is before we try and think about what solutions are. So, Kyle, maybe you can just kick us off with uh, what, what is disappointment? What are we talking about today? Sure. I think one way to define disappointment is the sense of sadness and frustration that come from having a desire that is unfulfilled or an expectation that is not met. Um, so, one of the good the Bible obviously goes into this in slightly different ways, but one of the verses that I think sheds a lot of light on the nature of disappointment is Proverbs 13, verse 12, which says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And um, a couple of things worth noting, I think, about the nature of disappointment from that proverb. I think the first is that deferred hope or a sort of delayed fulfillment of a hope or a longing makes the heart sick and of course we know um, from our, our bible study that the heart refers to the entire inner person the thoughts the emotions uh, the motivations and the idea here is that uh, when a long anticipated desire is unfulfilled it actually starts to wear you down and so there can be a loss actually of motivation there can be a sense of um, a sapping of vitality because the contrast is actually when my desire is fulfilled, it's, um, it's a tree of life. There's this joy, there's this energy to it. And I think what we can see happening over the few weeks that people have been in lockdown and whether it's a metric dance or a wedding or whatever else getting delayed, uh, getting postponed, you can see a sense of sadness, frustration, 
that is actually resulting in a kind of loss of motivation um, or a kind of downcast spirit um, resulting. And so the first thing the Bible does is it actually legitimizes that sense of disappointment that this is a real thing and it really can actually weigh you down. Sean or yeah. Gulecker, you want to add to that a little bit? I, I, I think that's very really helpful, Carl. Thanks. And, and I think um, that, is, um, that is true. I think one of the, the other things that, that the Bible um, does speak a lot about is that, is that this world will bring us to lots of disappointments. Um, people will let us down and um, systems will let us down. And so uh, I think you're right. I think, I think that kind of pending loss of disappointment, whereas as Christians, uh, the one thing we want to cling on to is, is the hope we have. Um, and so it's, it's interesting how almost the antidote to uh, these real losses and this real uh, losses we feel um, is to keep hoping. And it's interesting how, how often the Psalms do that for us, how often uh, the Psalms take us to, to hope on God because of his character. And, to, um, and so, yeah, so I guess, you know, interesting we were in Proverbs, but hopping back to Psalms, um, how uh, one part of the answer is to expect uh, to be disappointed um, and you're right disappointments are coming and um, some are here some are coming um, and I guess one of the antidotes is to just keep placing our hope and our trust in the faithfulness of God um, and so yeah so I've been I've been in Psalms a lot the last little while and um, that is a kind of a repeating theme that I've been picking up um, the world will disappoint uh, keep your hope uh, in Jesus. Keep your hope in the Lord. Uh, I, I'll share some more thoughts on that a bit later. Mm. Yeah, I think almost sad. Yeah, exactly, Kyle and and Sean and what you you just shared. Um, I'm just thinking, uh, Kyle had uh, highlighted two things: sadness and expectations. Mm. And I think it is on the expectations side uh, where um, you've you've set your expectation to something to to give you or, or be something to you. Hmm. It can be work. Uh, it can be as, as uh, Jason, you've been shared, uh, sharing to us for the younger ones that uh, your metric of ball or dance has been postponed. You, you had some certain expectation and what it will give to you. I probably had that. If only I can have that dance on that day, I'll be a, mm. a happiest pe person ever. Mm. And so now it has been canceled. And so it seems like your, 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 your happiness has been thwarted. Um, I think in that set of expectation, it's that part that is just massive because that kind of thing was not created to give you that. Um, but I'm sure that as the conversation go, would would explore that even more in terms of where, where what do you do? Um, when that certain thing can be job, it can be whatever, uh, that you expected that it will give you something that it suddenly doesn't fulfill and it brings sickness mm. to the heart at, mm. at the current moment. Mm. Mm. I suppose that also, you know, kind of coming into this is not just, um, there, there's, uh, the season that we're finding ourselves in is that there's big massive scale disappointment stuff, um, weddings that have maybe been postponed or, Weddings that weren't the dream wedding that you had kind of expected all along, but also all kinds of um, little little disappointments 
along the way as well um, that, that build up over a period of time. And so people are having to work their way through um, little disappointments that are robbing them of um, happiness and joy um, and some of the beautiful things of life that they can have. They're also having to deal with really, really big um, disappointments that are coming along their, uh, along their way. So how do you kind of navigate in between those things where I've had a couple of small disappointments that I've had to deal with today, but I've also had some really big ones. Um, you know, Proverbs uh, is wisdom that helps us to navigate life. Uh, the book of Psalms, uh, you know, these are, these are prayers that God gives to his people to pray. Uh, how do I deal with, with the little ones uh, and the big ones at the same time and, and navigate my, my way through those? Um, how can I look beyond them? Um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a sense in which preparing, I, I, I sort of prepare for the big ones by processing the small ones well. So I think it's, it's easier to process the smaller disappointments in a way, but sometimes we can process them in a stoic way rather than in a truly biblical way. So I think sometimes we're unprepared to handle the bigger disappointments because we've never really learned how to process normal disappointments. Uh, we've just, you know, we've just sort of uh, taken it on the chin and kept on going. I think one of the ways we prepare for those bigger disappointments is by learning to take the smaller ones to God. Um, it's interesting. 1 Peter 5, you know, cast all of your cares on him because he cares for you. And so I think learning to go to God with those little things um you're starting to build a kind of spiritual muscle memory so that when those big things come along i'm not turning to god for the first time i'm actually in the habit of talking to my heavenly father who i trust who i love um, and who i know cares for me um so i think that's that's one thought that comes to mind is that we we want to be cultivating a sense of daily dependence on the lord going to him and processing those smaller disappointments, which helps us prepare for those bigger ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think mm-hmm. one of the most helpful things that I have uh, learned uh, over the course of my Christian life is, is, you know, God, God knows me. He knows me intimately. Uh, he knows my mm-hmm. mind, but he also knows my emotions. I can't hide my emotions from him. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. oftentimes in human relationships, we will try and hide our emotions from other people so that they don't see them, especially the negative ones. Um, Mm. anger, sadness, those kinds of things because they're negative emotions. But the reality is, is God knows those emotions. And so we're not talking in cliches here. You know, God knows everything. Um, And we must be careful not to talk in stereotypes either, but actually recognizing, hang on, God does intimately, he wants to know me. He does know me. He's made it possible to know me through Jesus Christ and his death and and resurrection, which we just celebrated last week. Um, but in that knowing of me, he, he knows exactly the state of my heart. And so there's no point trying to hide that from him, but rather mm. learning to open our hearts up and, and open ourselves up to him to come in um, to that time. You guys want to build on that anymore or, or comment on that? I mean, I think linked to that, Chase, one of the things is that we need to remember is that God is for us. And so um, he knows us, he, he understands us, he knows our very thoughts and our, and our deepest anxieties, and he knows our troubles. 
And and so you're right. We 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 must take those to him. And he, and and I think Carl's advice of taking the small things to him is yeah. is very good practice for taking the big things to him. Um, but but it's also knowing that he is for us. God God he created us. He made us. He loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his own son for us. That 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 he is he is actively for us. It's not as if he's neutral and we're trying to kind of twist his arm to hear us and to help us. Mm. Um, he he loves us so much that he. He asks us, he, he, he invites us to, 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 to call upon his name and to come to him and to bring um, our requests and our prayers to him. And so I think that's helped me in the past is, is, is thinking God has a positive disposition towards me. Um, and he, he invites me to, to come to him with my troubles and my anxieties and my disappointments. Um, and so it's not that I'm putting him out or I'm making it an inconvenience for him. Uh, quite on the contrary, he, he loves to hear his people call upon his name. And so he invites me to come to him. He's a, he's a God who's moved towards me and he's inviting me to move towards him. Um, and so he's not distant and unknowable. He's personable and close. And so um, that's helped me to, to take my disappointments and my frustrations and hurts to him. Yeah. I think also the, the, the powerful thing about this truth that you brothers have just shared um, of uh, God knowing us and God being for us um, is that it brings confidence um, um, to a person um, in such a, in a sense that he knows my brokenness. He knows me in that level. He knows things that I don't share publicly yeah. uh the deepest things that sit in my heart the things that i think about that i'm not even proud of or the things that bring shame to me as well that i don't communicate outside but he is he, he knows those things deeply and intensely but at the same time he is for me mm. and i think that that truth brings a confidence to then be able to bring those small things to him to say, God, you have loved me and know me even in, 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 the, in, the, in the scenes that people do not see. But you are still for me. You were broken for me. Um, and so therefore, I think it, it needs to be a motivator to come to him and say, to God, today I, I, I was disappointed. I had really big expectation about this thing, but, but it didn't happen. So I want mm. to just lay it down to you and for you to know about it. And I know that you're listening to me and I know that you are for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that's, that's what it brings um, in my heart. Yeah. That's really great. I, um, I love that emphasis on confidence in Kululeko. And I think just to, to, just to add to, to what you're saying, I think what you've, you've added there is that confidence and grace, which means that I can process the sinful side of my expectations with the Lord, you know, it might, it, hmm. which I think we're processing the sadness of disappointments and it's legitimate to be disappointed when, when certain things don't work out. But if we're honest, sometimes we're disappointed because we were being selfish or um, self-centered. You know, I think of that passage in, in James chapter four, when they're saying, Hey, we're going to go here for a year. We're going to go earn money over there. We, we've got all these plans. And James says, what is your life? You're a mist. You know, you don't, you're making all these plans, but you, you know, you're, you're forgetting who you really are. 
And I think that confidence and the gracious love of God allows us to process our disappointments, even when some of those disappointments are actually connected to sinful desires or beliefs. And that's okay because God's full of gracious love. So I can go to him with, with my sins and my sorrows. Mm. Mm. And I think this is part of what we picked up on that uh, the very first podcast of, of just uh, thinking about how we are daily uh, processing and daily working, daily meditating on God's word and bringing it, its light to, to bear on our life. Uh, mindful that actually it's, it's healthy on a daily basis to be bringing those disappointments to God and then asking him through his spirit to search our hearts. Am I disappointed because of uh, some sinful desire? that's warring within me? Am I legitimately disappointed? Um, and Lord, how can you help me? And I think in all of this, we've got to remember that God is our heavenly father. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, as a father, one of the things that I hear most uh, is help. Um, I don't know if you get that as well. And it's interesting, you know, when I get that help, when I hear that from wherever, I go running. Um, what, 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 how, how can I help if I'm being called for help? And um, God, who's my heavenly father, is a way better father than I will ever, ever be. And I need to have that confidence that when I cry out to him for help, um, he doesn't just hear my prayer, but he comes to me. Um, and he will always meet um, my greatest need. It might not be the need that I think that I need to have met, um, but he's working out for my ultimate good, all things. Uh, and so I think that that... that is part of having confidence in our heavenly father. And uh, sometimes when I arrive to help um, some, some discipline positive or negative uh, needs to uh, needs to happen. And I think that the yeah. Lord does exactly the same thing for us. Yeah. Mm. Guys, let me just take it uh, into a slightly different direction then, and just say, you know, um, kind of bringing all of this to a, to a point. Um, Disappointment has a way of making us doubt God's goodness or his love, his faithfulness. Um, you know, as we deal with disappointment and ongoing disappointment and sometimes disappointment after disappointment, um, that skepticism and doubt can really begin to well up within us so that, so that we start asking questions of God, of faith, of Christianity what would you say to someone who is finding uh, that at the moment all of this disappointment is actually sowing doubt in their relationship with God and they're struggling with that right now? And Kululeku, maybe you could uh, kick off this part of our conversation. Thanks, brother. Um, I, I think this, this one comes at the right time um, in our lives um, okay. as well uh, in, in my family. Um, um, so where we at in Joburg, we um, in Soweto, we are renting a house. We don't have our own house. Um, and during these days, as we are with kids at home, we, we are not a TV people, but it, it has bad us to make just time for kids to watch TV as well and stuff like that. So we, we spend the time with my wife and kids just watching people selling house, those programs that uh, programs in TV that talks about selling houses or renovating or that, that kind of stuff, uh, designing and all that. Um, it, had, it had made us to desire to have our own home so much um, that um, 
it had robbed us something until in our devotion we, we do Timothy Keller um, in his book Jesus the King um, really help us to come around um, as he was sharing the story about um, a guy who was uh, lame and was brought with his friends and Jesus says he was lying before Jesus and Jesus says to this guy your sins are forgiven um, and the guy said no hang on a minute the only thing that I designed my life is to walk if I if I walk then I'm sorted and everything will be okay for me I don't need my sins to be forgiven but he says that's the primary need um, that's the primary thing in your life and I think that kind of truth that brought us to say God we actually thank you that we even have a house we have so we have focused so much in our home about having our own home and actually thinking that is God gonna is God good enough to even bring us into that situation um, but anyway sorry to to come back in in terms of what you're saying Psalms um, 73 I think it speaks a lot of truth on that mm-hmm. it speaks it talks about a guy who is who is actually acknowledging God's goodness, that God is good, but he's actually saying God is probably good to those guys, not to me. You know, my, my feet has always slipped because of not seeing the goodness of God in my life, but actually seeing those who are wicked, prospering and everything going well for them. But for me, things are not. While I'm actually faithful to God and doing everything that probably is asking for in my life. But the amazing thing that as he goes through to these emotions of doubting God's goodness in his life, he's suffering, not just internally doubting God, but actually externally is also not well. He is sick, but he's he's seeing the people who are weak and are enjoying long life, they're healthy, everything's going well for them. But the amazing part of that actually had... It's still working in my life even today, even today is, is how he turns around and, and where he finds um, that, that kind of peace, where he found that kind of assurance of the goodness of God again in his life. Well, well the psalmist, when he draws down, he tells us that he goes to the sanctuary of God. Um, we're not sure uh, what is it in the sanctuary of God that actually brings that turn around in his life. But we know that what's happening there, I think he actually met God in one way or another. Whether it, it could be preaching, it could be someone narrating the faithfulness of God towards his people. Uh, it, it could be songs that just reminded him about the faithfulness of God in his life. But the conclusion that he draws in verse 28, after being reminded of the goodness of God and being reminded what God is doing, um, especially to the wicked and what is their end that god is a just god he will not allow evil to prevail he draws in and says in verse 28 but as for me it is good to be near god so where do you go when you actually finding this deep sense of doubting god in the situation that you're facing now There's one place. It is, it is actually going to him. It's going to Jesus. Why? Well, because he, he is actually everything that you will ever need. 
Mm. Your, 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 your disappointments, your, 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 your desires, your heart desires or, or longings are actually met in him. Mm. And so the psalmist is saying, the, the place that you can go to is God himself. Draw near mm. to God because he is good. Mm. Um, I, I think that is actually bringing the things that we talk about, your small things, your bigger things. It, it, throw, throw, those, throw those things near to him. Mm. Let, let me close. Uh, in Mark 9, you meet a father who has a son who's sick. He goes to the disciples for healing and they fail to heal the boy. And Jesus comes in. He's doubting whether his son will be healed. He is doubting whether even Jesus can do this. But he, he draws near to Jesus even with those doubts. He says, if you can, if you can, heal him, please. Jesus says, if you can, everything's possible with God. Mm-hmm. And here's, the, here's, here's an answer of the man when he hears those words of Jesus. Not condemning him, but drawing him even closer. The man, he exclaimed and says, I do believe. Please help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Could, be the, could be that our prayer as mm-hmm. we draw near? As a God in this in this time, I don't know how it's gonna be like in my future and all that. Mm. I draw near to you. Please help my unbelief at this moment. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really powerful because we it, it's counterintuitive. You know, we often think about Christianity as being countercultural, but there are some disciplines in the Christian life that are counterintuitive. So mm. my disappointment is leading me to a little bit of doubt. And my doubt makes me want to run away from God. The Bible mm. actually says what I need to do in that moment is run to God. Uh, to mm. echo the words of that man, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. So Lord, I, I do believe, I know that I believe, but help me now in this time. Um, mm. And I think as well, intuitively, we might look to our circumstances to get a sense of whether God is for us. But what I love about Psalm 73 is that he's saying actually counterintuitively, I actually have an eternal perspective. I reflect mm. on eternity. Mm. And when I think of eternity, and I think of what God has done for me in Christ, that on the day of judgment, I'll be saved from God's wrath, then I actually know God is for me because mm. from the perspective of eternity, I can see that God will bring me into his eternal dwelling safely. And so I think that that sense of, sometimes needing to be counterintuitive is, is, is right that intuitively we might look to the wrong things to give us a sense of god's love we actually need to look to what he's done for us in christ and will do for us eternity to really be convinced that he is for us hmm. yeah that's helpful i was going to say something just very similar to what you both said about just you know it's it's, it's looking at god's track record as well and remembering what he's done for us in the past. I mean, primarily in Jesus, um, where, where, where he intervened in our greatest time of need. Um, I guess in a, in a manner of speaking, you could say um, our greatest disappointment was um, being dead in our sins and transgressions. And yet Jesus uh, intervened and can, came in at that crucial time. But, but time and time again, if we look in our own stories and our own histories, and we look at uh, God's uh, people in the Old Testament, uh, God's faithfulness um, is so obvious to see. And so in God's faithfulness, we can, 
look back and say, Lord, in the past, you have been faithful to your people. You've always uh, kept them and you've always looked after them. And so we can be confident that even in this difficult time with our great disappointments, um, as small or as big as they are, uh, we know that God is faithful. And so he calls us, as you've, as you've said as well, to, to come to him and to uh, lay our kind of cast our burdens onto him uh, because he, he loves us and he's faithful to us. Um, so yeah, much the same as what you guys, guys have said, but uh, I certainly think that is the, that is the starting point. I think in a time like this, we have to um, uh, be uh, more guided by the scriptures than ever. We always have to be guided by the scriptures, but we, we need to be guided by the scriptures. And you know, we're called to faith because our God is faithful. And, and I've always loved what, what the, the defining faith by kind of breaking it apart and recognizing that uh, faith is relying on God because he's reliable. Faith is depending mm-hmm. upon God because he's dependable. And faith is trusting in God because he is trustworthy. Uh, you know, in Romans 4.21, we get this little definition of faith from Abraham's life, that he was fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. And at a time like this, when disappointment leads to doubts and our faith is beginning to waver, it has nothing to do with God's faithfulness. It has everything to do with us and our circumstances. We need to remember Um, God's faithfulness and we need to follow in Abraham's footsteps being fully persuaded ourselves that God has the power to do what he's promised which is based on the fact that he's done it before in the past and he will do it again in the future Uh, and so that really is uh, what needs to be driving our faith guys it's been so great to have you on uh, the podcast today thanks so much each of you for joining us and giving up your time Um, and I think we'll be doing another follow-up one, hopefully uh, next week to start dealing with some other issues. But um, Kyle just had one book recommendation uh, that he wanted to put out there, so I'll let him end with that. But thanks so much for joining us today. Look out for future shows. Sure. Thanks for having us, Jason. Great. Lovely. Book recommendation, John Hindley wrote a book called Dealing with Disappointment. So it goes into this topic in a bit more detail um, with, checking out if um, that's an experience you're navigating at the moment. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week. Cheers.